There's no music if you have no body to play it with, so take care of your body first. You getting into the gym and you lifting weights and working on muscles, is it's physical therapy for the benefit of your playing. The truth is nothing works like just taking care of the simple stuff. Diet, exercise and sleep. Take care of that and you'll be fine. Join us as two musicians and fitness coaches discuss strength, wellness and fitness in relation to musicians, artists and performance. Hey everyone and welcome back to the Tuned and Strong podcast. That is Dr. Jen Cabas-May of Tuned Performance. And this lovely lady over here is Angela McHuston of Music Strong. Um, and today we are going to be chatting about um, the concept of uh, serving the music um, in, our, in our lives as musicians and what that tends to lead to in terms of um, mental and physical health. Um, so it, I know that's a, a vague way to introduce it, so <laughs> we'll start unpacking it already. Um, but there's this concept, right, when we, when we get into music as a profession, um, and I see it in classical music, I see it in jazz, I see it in basically anything that you can imagine, and even throughout things like dance, visual arts, any sort of performing or arts-based thing, um, where we are so invested in what we do, and the environment that we enter into um, when we're doing our professional training and when we're interacting within our field is that everything you do should serve your art, your craft, your profession. Um, now, in some ways, that, that can be good. Um, it makes very driven people, right, um, who have a very focused mindset and they, they don't get easily distracted by other things. But... Um, I find that a lot of us take it too far. And I say a lot of us because I'm very much, I was guilty of this for a long time. Um, serving the music became, that was my entire life. Um, that was my social circle. Um, that was my um, like outside activities. It's all music based or related to music people, even if it's not a music activity. Um, that's what you spend your free time doing. That's like, you know, yep, but yep. beyond that, um, your health is, um, compromisable. Your health is secondary. Your yeah. personal life is secondary. Your mental wellness is secondary. Where you live does not matter because you need to serve the music first, you know? And I, you know, <laughs> we, we've been doing all these conversations. I'm like, this is, this is part of the heritage of our, um, our instruction, and our training. Um, we talk about pedigrees and stuff like that when it comes to, oh, well, what schools did you go to? Because that tells you a lot about the person that you're dealing with, right? Um, it does. It does. It, it tells does, you yes. a lot of mindset that they've been raised around as a professional, et cetera. But yeah, that just kind of struck me as like, this is, this is something that we should probably talk about because it's so impactful on the mental and physical wellness of the people that we end up working with. So, yeah, yeah. the sleep and the, the health is, is obviously first on um, my, my thought is basically, yes. well, same with mental health is, you know, it's the pull yourself together and get it done mentality. You yeah. know, um, sometimes that's just, that's not a thing. And to ignore um, 
what else is going on in someone else's life for the sake of the getting the gig done, you know? Yeah. I think we're yeah. finally coming out of that a little bit. It's getting, you know, since mental health is being, I should say more mental wellness also. Yes. Or so. Yes. I don't want to get mental health like diseases mixed up with wellness, taking care of your yeah. social and spiritual well-being. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that's definitely getting more and more acceptable, um, you know, like to, uh, to cancel a rehearsal or to ask for a sub or that kind right. of thing. And, you know, not feel like your job is in jeopardy, but it's not the norm. No, it's still really, it's still a really rough thing to do. Even when you know the people that you're working with are understanding, you know, it's, it's Mm -hmm. that, well, you feel like you're putting your sub in an awkward position by like, Hey, I, I can't, I need some help. Well, now this person has to compromise their schedule for you. And how does that reflect with the people that you were working for? Like, are you reliable or not? Same, same thing with injury, right? Yeah. A lot of people don't want to say, oh, I'm injured or I was injured because then the question becomes, well, are you reliable for this gig? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so hard to unpack in a succinct thought. It is. It because is. there's some truth to it. Um, there's mm-hmm. some, some concern and some truth to that, because if you're yeah. dealing with something and you're not given the space to deal with it, and to be fair and honest, life doesn't always give us the time and space to deal with stuff we need no. to deal with. Um, yeah. I was going through like the stuff with my now ex with just learning what schizophrenia was and what the reality of my marriage was and was not, you know, and all those things. And here I am living with my parents where I didn't intend to be, but now I've got to do teach what, and all I wanted to do was run away to another place and just kind of process. And I couldn't do it. I didn't have any mental. So I thought, well, you know, I told people that teaching kind of saved me, but not really. It was just something I thought, okay, it can take my mind off this. Um, It's Mm -hmm. all to do. So (laughs) serving music in that aspect, because I felt the pressure to get out of my parents' house. I didn't want to be there. They didn't want me there which was fine because it was supposed to be temporary. It turned into a lot longer situation and nobody would yeah. about it, but you know, I just didn't have the space and time to deal with that. And sometimes you're just not given that space and time. So you have yeah. to do what you have to do, but if you never yes. take time or never allowed to take time, that's a bigger issue. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, there, there are times when you are going to have to sacrifice for life. That's just a fact. Um, I know a lot of times we wish that wasn't true where it's like, I mean, sometimes life does not care, does not care what you're going through. You, you better survive, you know, and that's, that's okay. That's when we start needing to dip into our energy reserves. That's what they're there for. But if your entire life, everything is sacrificed to your career or your field, or your art, or your craft, you're going to run into some problems. Um, yeah, you're going to run into some big problems. <laughs> yeah, like like getting your identity wrapped up in being a musician. Because what if you have an accident, or you have something happen to you? It happens to people all the time, you know, you, yeah. you're a runner without legs, right? Mm-hmm. I, you know, I was watching TikTok the other day and saw this guy he had a forklift accident. It cut off his entire lower body. What? You know, I mean, things like yeah. that happen. And I'm not saying this is going to happen to you, but there's right. a danger to wrapping your, your, to wrapping your identity up in, I am a only a musician. 
Yes, yes. And that, that only is, I think, really what we're both trying to highlight here. Um, because I don't really know anybody who's only one thing. I know a lot of people who unfortunately identify themselves as that. But if you know them on any real personal level, I mean, it's like you've got you've got so much else going on, you know, mm -hmm. like there's always something else that you have to give. And there's almost always something else that you need. Um, and we're very much I, I say raised because really you think about it, you're starting college, you're 18, 19, most people, you know, um, some younger, some older, but when you're starting your career path at that age, like you're really professionally raised in that environment. Um, mm -hmm. And it, it's so, it's so tough, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, on the one hand you have, um, you have expectations and mm -hmm. college was something that I've noticed that college is, uh, it really, you know, that I'm on the adjunct side of it, I can really see it, uh, especially when it's yeah. being done is how college sets you up to deal with real life or should. These are the expectations. You will meet them or there will be consequences, period, end mm -hmm. of story. Where things get, uh, get hairy is where we, sorry, I was, I was thrown off product okay. so beautifully through I literally just wanted a sip of coffee, but uh, I do have a fancy mug now. I'm very proud of it. <laughs> Yeah, I like it. It's, it's, it's fancy. Um, so yeah, like college is really good at being like, okay, this is the syllabus. Everything is laid out. It's your responsibility yes. to read it. It is your responsibility to follow it. You don't show up. That's fine. That's on you, but you will fail. You know, and it's, it's good at, at showing that. But at the other hand, music schools, they, why do we have to have 24 hours of classes? Why do you have to be in every single ensemble? Why do you get one credit for nine hours of rehearsal a week? unrealistic it's insane and it's not really i don't think it's necessary not to that volume yeah and it's it's tough too because um talking to um when we talked to garrett hope um mm. a couple weeks back talking to him and really having that side of it because i've never been part of curriculum development but coming at it from his perspective i'm like okay what would we cut Mm -hmm. I can only think of a couple things that I'm like, this was wholly unnecessary to my career. Only a handful. And it, unfortunately, it was not the one credit classes. No, it's not. Um, so the requirements are still high and like, I, we're in a demanding field. You want to get out mm -hmm. in four years. And if you want to get out in four years, it really should be, by the way, I'm a huge advocate, five-year undergrad. Five-year oh. undergrad. I Really? I think a lot of people would be a lot more sane on the other end if we had a five-year undergrad. I liked it. You know, um, I took too many hours my first couple of years because I thought I was supposed to take that many. So my friends were ed majors and I was performance and I was like, I have to take that many. And then I ended up with like nine hours for my senior year. And I was like, I got nothing to do. Uh, so I ended know. up taking two extra PEs for fun. <laughs> you know? It was great. Right. Right. But I mean, you think about, like you said, how many hours now I, I was of course, you know, a hyper go get or whatever. I had very few gen eds. I really did. I tested out of most of them and I still was at school. Uh, as a freshman 14, 16 hour days, you know, as a freshman, as a first semester freshman, 
14 and 16 hour days yep. without gen eds. I think we can get rid of all gen eds. You're supposed to have had those in high school. Oh, uh, that's a whole other ball of wax. Let's not get into that. <laughs> I'm putting it get, out there. I did not need basic math. <laughs> you know, but I mean, for, for real, I didn't need another right. basic math class. I didn't need biology. I didn't need history. I didn't need all of those things. And they cut into all like, why? They did serve to get me out of the music building, which was super helpful. Meet other people. That's a good thing too. Yeah. But, but they were a freaking waste of time. This is stuff you're supposed to have colored in high school. And then, well, you don't want to go down this. Like, what well, we cut no, the, it's... those, <laughs> replace those with something else. Like, okay, if I have science, how about the acoustics of physics? Physical, physics, acoustics. There was a class that, on that. I didn't know. Yeah. So after I'd had two semesters of biology, I never will use, never did use. It was useless. That would have been applicable. You know, uh, yeah. be an extra semester of improv. That would have been helpful. Take out American history. I had that in high school. You know, stuff like that. And it, is going to be unpopular but i think we don't have to have every semester you have to have a three class just saying i don't think so i know it's unpopular and i don't care <laughs> that's my popular opinion because you have it every semester you're in grad school too and i'll tell you that i don't need most of it there is a lot of other classes i need so but it's anyway that's another tangent yeah i understand yeah. And, you know, and, and that's, that's fine. Cause a lot of people are going to disagree. And then a lot of people are going to say, well, we need the theory. We don't need the history. A lot of people are going to say, we need this. We don't need that. There's really, like I said, very few things that I can think of across the board that I don't think we needed as much of as I was forced to take. Mm -hmm. um, but with, with those other arguments, even if I didn't like, like I didn't need basic theory, but I had to take it. Fine, fine, fine. I'm not going to argue against that. You know, I'm not here to make that argument, but yeah, it's just, it's hard to tell what to cut. Mm -hmm. And I think a five-year undergrad really would take a lot of the load off. This is my personal opinion. It's not going to be popular. A lot of the scholarships won't cover it. Um, but I think for sanity's sake, that would be one of my go-tos. Mm -hmm. um, but since that's all theoretical and we're here to try to talk as much practical as we can. Um, you know? yeah. I had a um, bunch of vocal classes I don't think I needed either. I had vocal lessons in high school. I didn't need vocal classes. Have they served yeah. me? No. <laughs> Why do they have those? I don't know. Yeah. But I mean, how does that get back to, to, to back our previous, you know, right. topic well, here? It, it becomes on, becomes on the individual to kind of, make that decision right understand that there's going to be sacrifices you have to make understand that you are in a field where you are going to be spending most of your time doing that but i mean if you look at the most healthy and successful long-term performers and most of the most healthy and successful long-term educators the people at the top most of them have a hobby that does not relate to music at all, mm -hmm. like 0% music related. Um, it gives them something else to identify with. And it's something that they're doing just for them. You know, and we mm -hmm. talk about um, a lot of people talk about like Brene Brown, um, who I adore. And she talks about, you know, you need to, it doesn't matter what your field is, you need to do something just for you. You need to do something creative because it's play 
And we lose that, we start losing our identities, we start getting in this really nasty funk, you know? Well, just because we're creative and we have our own version of play doesn't mean that we don't need to do something else outside of that, you know? Um, mm -hmm. And that's, that's just a, a tiny step in knowing where your own boundaries are, mm -hmm. knowing what you're willing to sacrifice and having something that you're willing to actually protect mm -hmm. for yourself. You don't, you won't sacrifice that thing because you need it, you know? Um, mm -hmm. I mean, I'll be honest for, for instance, I'm living in Florida. I would not choose to live like, you know, I, I was happy in Arizona, born and raised there. I liked being there. Um, that was my home. I I am a desert person, you know, like, Oh, <laughs> in Florida. Yeah. I, biologically I'm a desert person. I was, mm. and then being born. Yeah. I'm meant to be in a desert, but at least I'm still in the heat. Don't put me in the cold. I can handle a little humidity. Don't anyway, but you know, it's that like, get to be my age and it's not entirely about um, where I am in my field versus where I thought I'd be, but it's just look at all of the sacrifices, all the things that I wanted that I gave up mm. and where do we draw that line? You know, and it took me until this old to start being like, no, this is a, this is a firm line. I'm not giving this up. This is too important to give up, you know? For people who don't know what we're referencing, like what, what can you give us some like, examples? Kind of, of, things? of things that have been sacrificed yeah either you or somebody you know or you know stuff like that yeah well like i said uh choice in place of living yeah sure. that's yeah straight up um but a lot of people i've seen and me personally in the past health health was sacrificed mm. sleep was sacrificed personal life was sacrificed um i mean most of my previous attempts at dating and relationships were not as invested as I should have been emotionally because I couldn't because sure. I was too invested in my field. Sure. Um, and I hate to say that, but that's just the truth. Uh, you know? <laughs> it's fine because I found the right person to invest in, but you know, it's not something I'm proud of. Um, my health definitely took a backseat. Mm. Definitely, definitely, definitely. And I see that over and over and over again. Oh, I'm only going to sleep six hours tonight because I need to practice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, how effective do you think that practice is going to be? Mm. I tell you, you know, um, well, unless then it was eight, now it's nine hours. Forget it. I just, I, I don't. No. Well, and then sleep debt. You think about sleep debt. If you guys don't know what sleep debt is, look into it. But like, if you get less than your required amount of sleep, you owe your body and your body is keeping track. And at some point you are going to shut down and it is not going to be pretty. And this is, I was uh, teaching a uh, high school summer uh, clarinet choir and it was like, oh, they were so psyched. It was their last day at the camp and they'd been staying here for two weeks. It was their last day at camp before their big performance the next day. And I said, all right, I'm not going to talk down to you. I need you guys to understand that my next statement is me talking to my younger self. Okay. Things that I wish I had done. I'm not, this is not a, you're so young, you need to hear this thing. This is a, I wish I had done this and you are in a position to do something about it, you know? Mm -hmm. And I explained sleep debt and I said, you know, you're going to be tempted to stay up and hang out with your friends and whatever. And I said, have fun, do it, do it while you're young. That's great. Don't sacrifice your sleep to do it. Like get your sleep now. Because the longer you can put off that sleep debt and the quicker you pay it off, 
the healthier you're going to be and the more you're going to be able to do. And man, I wish I had done that because, you know, you get older and it gets harder and harder to not recover, but just um, you think about there's, there's more wiggle room when you're younger in terms of life. Life is a little bit less forgiving when you're younger and the older you get, the less forgiving it gets. Mm -hmm. And so that's what makes it harder to pay back in my opinion. Um, not like, oh, I'm old and I can't, whatever, and I'm just too old. And... No, it's that life is too unforgiving. And mm -hmm. there are things that I cannot miss anymore or the consequences are going to be severe. Mm -hmm. sure. um, yeah, but physical, I mean, not just sleep, but like, well, yeah, my arm hurts or yeah, my neck hurts or yeah, my jaw hurts. But you know what? I've got a concert or I've got a recital and it's it's like next week. Mm -hmm. Okay, but there's going to be another concert in a month. There's going to be another recital in two weeks. Are you really going to force that practice now for this thing, knowing the domino effect it's going to have down the line? Yeah, so I think this kind of comes back to not just boundaries, like knowing – I'm, I'm thinking about this not just in terms of when you're in school, but as an adult mm -hmm. in the real yeah. world. I mean, you know, like yeah. learning what your personal boundaries are, where are mm -hmm. learning how to enforce them because you can't tell tell the band director, no, I'm not coming up to rehearsal. I need a mental health day. That is not no. that if it does not no. no. But I mean you do you do learn that. I, I, you know, if you don't learn that, um right. then you then you become an adult who's in um, this is a really demanding field, no matter if you are classical, if you are rock, if you are country, if you are touring session, um, if you're yeah. stage, if you're, whatever your, um, you know, what if you're an audio engineer and you've just got a deadline and you've got to mix this thing. I mean, I'm talking to my, my client who's an audio engineer and she's like, yeah, this person, uh, paid me big bucks. I got to mix this thing. It's a Christmas album. I'm like, Christmas, what? She's like, burning the midnight oil, right? So it's, yeah. you know, learning about those boundaries. What, what yeah. are my boundaries? What can I right. enforce? What is, right. you know, but I don't think we're, we're not really prepared to know when it's okay to say no. Right. right. I said, I didn't say no to anything. I was terrified of like yeah. letting anybody down or mm -hmm. saying mm -hmm. no, you know, and yeah. that spilled over into adulthood where I, I took on gigs I should not have. Mm -hmm. um, played things. Um, for example, there was a recent gig that I said yes to. I really didn't want to go. I didn't want to play. I knew I wasn't going to get paid. It was a free thing that I'm not interested in spending how many hours of rehearsal plus this thing. Plus, and then I was like, yeah. okay, you should go. I said yes anyway. And I was resentful about it. And then I went and I had an amazing time. I met all these great people like that, which is why I went. I was like, okay, one on one hand you should say no on the other hand i'll never call you again but it's not paid blah, 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 blah. The sides, why do i need to go well i need to go i gotta get out of the house i haven't played with an orchestra in forever i need yeah. to um yeah whatever you know so it's like learning yeah learning when when is it okay to say yes or no yeah but that also, I mean, to, to be clear, because I mean, we're talking about when to say no, and I know we've talked about this before, but you're saying, well, I need to play with an orchestra. I'm interpreting that not just as a like, well, I haven't done it, so I need to, but as a you personally for yourself. 
Mm -hmm. needed to. That is very different. That's a very different thing. You know, mm -hmm. um, that's when it's worth it is like, yeah. I mean, same, same thing with, you know, my physical health. And it's like, man, it's been rough to get to the gym. Not going to lie. I've been going through a lot. Um, I know I've talked to you about this, but if you guys don't know, I've been going through a lot. I'm not going to get into details, but um, it's just been one thing after another for months. And I went from regularly three days a week lifting plus about two days a week uh, cardio and, you know, meditation recovery, that sort of work. And now it was, I mean, the last couple months have been one workout a week, sometimes one workout every two. That's not normal, you know. Um, and so we get into like this week and last week and whatever. And it's just been so hard. And mm. it was one of those like, you know what? I don't care what I do, but I deserve to go. Absolutely. I deserve to go. I don't mm -hmm. care if all I do is put on one song and do my little like march with a weight around my waist kind of thing or just one sandbag carry or just like one set of biceps, something, do something. Um, for a lot of last week, that was, I took a walk. It was a 30 minute slow walk in the you neighborhood. Moved. I moved. And the important thing to me was, I am still making space as terrible as my current situation is. I'm still making space to For take yourself. care of myself. Yes. That's my boundary. You know, mm -hmm. that is like, because it was for years, you don't need that much sleep. Um, it was hard for me to say, I can't eat that if I was in a social setting. Mm-hmm. Because for a long time, there were a lot of problems with having a special diet. There still are, but it's become less and less problematic. People are more accepting now than they were five, 10 years ago of special diets. Yeah. Um, you used to be told things like, just eat the, you know, just eat the blah, 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 like just eat it. Like, well, I feel terrible when I do. Yeah. And I look at you like, well, why are you depriving yourself? I'm like, no, I'm not depriving myself. I'm taking <laughs> care of myself. I feel right. good doing this and I understand that you feel good eating that thing but yeah I, sp I spent too much of my time just like well I only have 10 minutes between classes so that is exactly enough time because there's because there's no line at the Dunkin Donuts for me to go get a bagel you know <laughs> the yep. number of bagel dinners I had between teaching and rehearsals during my doctorate is insane and I understand I was not good at the end of that you know yeah. Um, but that's, that's the sort of thing that I see other people, like, especially students right now, I see them sacrificing is like, it's okay for you to not practice that one extra hour today and to yeah. take that to sleep instead. It's okay for you to take 30 minutes and sit down and eat a hot meal. You don't need mm -hmm. to eat a meal while you're walking. You know, you don't need to have a vending machine dinner. Right. Like, Right. It's okay. It's okay to be like, instead of staying up crazy late to do this one assignment perfectly, do it a little bit less than perfect and submit it the next morning. I mean, I see in my own class right now, and I'm going to sell them out a little bit here, um, but I'm, I'm not mad. You know, <laughs> I'm not yeah. mad about it. I see the further we get in the semester, the fewer submissions I'm getting before the deadline, you know, like <laughs> days before. And it's now sure. like the morning of, and I'm like, I'm not even mad. You guys did the work. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you did it. 
You did it. And I hope that you took that time to take care of yourself instead of stressing out about my class, you know? (laughs) Exactly. Because if you think about it, at at some point you get the law of diminishing returns. This is why the whole thing about practicing a certain amount of arbitrary hours is arbitrary, especially my, my, well, I'm telling you how many, uh, uh, how many, um, hours I had as a senior. And my, you know, I was taking like 24 hours or something my sophomore year. I had a vocal scholarship I auditioned for out of just for fun because I thought, and I thought I was supposed to, I had a total breakdown and I had to give it up and give up the scholarship, yeah. the vocal stuff because I thought I was supposed to. And, and my teacher, my professor was like, no, though the reason you have uh, so few hours, you're supposed to be practicing those other hours. You should be practicing four hours a day. And I'm like, four hours a day? And it is nonsense. Um, How about teaching me more efficient practice? Yeah. Teaching me that mental practice is just as Mm -hmm. valuable instead of just saying, well, you should be listening to music. You should be listening an hour a day to music. Why? What am I getting out of it? What's the point? Well, mental practice. What am I? Okay. What, what, give me a point for this. Teach Mm -hmm. me at it. Don't give me a timeline. I don't give my students, you should practice X hours. I don't care. I have this result by the next lesson you need to be able to play this like this and if you don't bring in your questions and that's what we're going to discuss but or like I'll, I'll teach like how Ava taught me was basically this is you will have these memorized I don't know when you play them but right. you will have them memorized see now that's that does not give you a certain arbitrary number of hours right so right. um yeah, you, you have those diminishing law of returns as you get older and you are um you are now world what those sacrifices when you sacrifice yeah. your sleep now you are having to consume more caffeine then you can't sleep now you're having to take pills or maybe you're abusing yeah. alcohol or maybe you're right drugs because you're stressed out or maybe this right. is this, this and when it all comes back to you and then you get so far down that path you can't figure out how you got there and you can't see a way out right, right. it's all to right. serve the gig because mm-hmm. Can never mm-hmm. say no to a gig. They won't call you again. You're not responsible. You don't know if they're how about it like this? Like, well, why don't you just tell everybody you're too booked up? Right. Okay. Now, right. You can take that to the extreme because then you'll never right. get any gigs. But if you just right. say that, it's not but, that you're not responsible. It's right. that and demand. Exactly, exactly, exactly that. It's like, okay, you're that much in demand. That's a good thing to be. You know, Um, and I do want to, while we're on that topic of how many hours to practice per day, um, before we get too far, I I don't want to hear from somebody else, oh, well, you two are just blah, 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 right? Okay, we all know the name Pablo Casals. Mm. Yeah, yeah, cellist, majorly famous cellist. Um, This book here, by the way, (laughs) Just Play Naturally, Vivian Mackey. Um, Conversations with Vivian Mackey interview. Vivian Mackey, um, Scottish cellist studied with Pablo Casals. Um, aside from, he was very much a proponent of like, I think her first year of studying with him or first semester, I, it took her about a year to learn one piece and learn it right. Mm-hmm. He didn't care. He's like, let's do it right. That's fine. The second year, she learned them faster because she'd already laid the foundation for that. And I remember, I can't remember exactly where it was. I wish I could, but um, she was talking about, you know, like she's asking him, 
how much are you expecting me to practice per day? And she's early 20s at her in her at her at the oldest early 20s at the time of her studying with Casals. And she's like, well, maybe he's expecting me to be practicing like, you know, five, six hours a day because she's doing nothing else while she's there. She's in like the middle of nowhere, France. And all she's doing is lessons with Casals once a week and then like listening work. That's it. Um, and so she asked him thinking like, I mean, for string players too, I know string players are expected to play a lot, you know, wind all players is like, day. wind players is like three or four is what is pushed. And I think that honestly might be too much for some people versus efficiency, but I think brass is like two or three because physically you, you can't, you can't. Mm -hmm. long, yeah. 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 But I've heard string players be told that they should be playing, you know, minimum yeah. four, often six yes. hours a day. What he, what Casal said to her, I'm paraphrasing here because I can't find the page, was something like, you're young and strong. I think two and a half to maybe three hours tops is good. Because she's young and strong, only two and a half to three hours daily. And that's all she's doing. She's not in ensembles. She's not like literally practice the cello, cook your food, do your laundry. And he only expected two and a half to three hours per day because her practicing was expected to be that focused and intense. And efficient. And efficient. She was like super, super tuned in. And that's yeah. how she became so good. And that's how, that's why Casals was so good, yeah. you know? Yeah, we could go down a pedagogy field day here, but I think this is a perfect time for us to take a quick yeah. commercial break. We will be yes. right back. Hey there. My name is Dr. Garrett Hope. I am a composer, coach, podcaster, and speaker. I've been focused on building my music business since 2014 and helping others build theirs since 2015. I want to tell you about the second annual Ultimate Music Business Summit we are organizing. It'll take place early January of 2022. There will be dozens of presentations with highly actionable content, all of it available to you so you can start your business, grow your business, and ultimately make more money. Because here's the deal. Unless you earn all of your income from an employer, you are a self-employed small business owner. And if you want to do more than survive, if you want to grow your audience, or if you want to impact more people, you have to think and act like a business owner. And that means this summit is for you. This summit will give you real-world, not theoretical, strategies you can implement immediately. You don't need to be stuck with fear or living in your failures. I promise you, with all the teachers lined up, you will get something you've never thought of before. Even though building a business is hard, no one is promising it's easy. It is possible. You just need the right tools and strategies. Tickets for this virtual event will go on sale soon. To be the first in line and to get more information about the summit, presenters, and more, go to musicsummit.biz. That's musicsummit.biz and add your email to the list. So we're back and Jen found the quote. I did find the quote and I did misquote it. So I'm glad I found the quote. Um, so she's talking about, um, you know, she was not watching the clock and she was really only getting in. It was actually three to three and a half hours. Um, only only but her quote is um 
And that, uh, that was while I had all day to practice in short bursts with rest in between, the practicing took three and a half hours every day. I could not do more. Uh, Casals was beginning to give me so much to do, like all the scales and arpeggios and four octaves and so on, that I asked him, rather with my heart in my mouth, how many hours, uh, how many hours practice do you expect me to do? So I was really only doing three, three and a half, and I thought maybe he's expecting me to do eight or nine. Oh my gosh. That's what she thought. And she says, so he looked me up and down, and then he said, I think you're young, you're strong, perhaps three to three and one half hours in a day. And I found that to be a big surprise and a great relief. So she was expecting eight or nine hours of practice, which is more than I estimated. And she was doing still more practice, but three, yes. three, three to three and a half hours a day versus the eight or nine that she thought that he was expecting her to do. And which is, you know, like we often hear six to eight for strength not, players. Not just practicing. We're talking also about playing. So if you are in a band, yeah. or in ensembles, if you are in rehearsals, Mm -hmm. practicing mm -hmm. uh, that's so many yeah. hours yes step away from the instrument yeah it can't be yeah. your whole life no and that that brings us to to you we're going to talk about um the law of diminishing returns here which is yeah. it's applicable to the college crowd that i've been talking to so far but it's also applicable to um once you get into your professional field and once you're at that level you know Right, because um, I'm thinking of somebody in particular. Um, it's a guitarist who's crazy good at craft, but all he does is practice. When he doesn't have mm -hmm. a he, so he's either taking these gigs um, down on Broadway. And so what he told me is that um, when he's on tour, he's just on tour, you know, like um, mm -hmm. he's out, they're, they're playing, they're doing their thing. And apparently you have a ton of time when you're on tour, which is nice. But he's practicing on the tour bus and whatnot, right? So when he's here, he's either at the gym or he's playing his instrument. He's playing his guitar. That's it. He can take these, these gigs uh, where you'll do a, a single is like four hours is a show. Like, okay. Break, which is insane. That's then, nuts. Oh, and by the way, you play for free on Broadway. You make tips. Don't get me started. Don't get me we'll started. leave that alone. <laughs> uh, we'll leave that alone. I'll let my eyebrow do the talking. To. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a Nashville thing. All you people moving to Nashville who play for free for exposure, stop it. Stop it. Reason. It's, okay. Anyway, so that's a single. And then a double is two of those. He would play a triple sometimes. And sometimes only 30 minutes between. What, what are you eating? You're not resting. Right. 12 hours of playing. And then he might go home and practice for another two hours. Or even if you played a double, even if you played a single, you're playing all these songs and then you go home and practice. That's four to eight to 12 to 16 hours in one day. Do it again the next. Yeah. And if you're not playing for free, you're only playing for a couple hundred bucks. I'm sorry, a couple right. hundred bucks? What? And this is somebody who has been touring with some really big name people and is currently on the road with some big name people if I told you who they were. So, I mean, he's good and that's how he got yeah. good. But he's also in a crap ton of pain. What? Yeah. He's going to the gym and not doing the right workout. And, um, that's a long, another long story, but I mean, so he's trying not to sacrifice himself, but he's also not willing to invest in it properly because mm -hmm. it will take time to learn. It will take time mm -hmm. to do something else. And this is mm -hmm. his routine. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So what are you right. going to do? So if you're not, if you're playing these shows and you don't have time to eat, you're going to eat whatever nasty bar food they give you maybe, 
unless you packed a sandwich or something. You don't have time to eat your chicken breast and broccoli or whatever, right? You don't have time to make a couple a cup of ramen noodles. You probably don't eat at all. And then what are you drinking? Yeah. You might be drinking water. More than likely, people are buying these bands shots and now you yes. alcohol and now you haven't yeah. slept and then you do it again tomorrow, next day. And then maybe you don't have a show. And so now you're playing a whole lot. And then what are you doing? Playing right. games? Maybe. Nothing wrong with video games. But if you're in that posture, right. it just... It's like, where's your hobby? Right. You beget the law of diminishing returns because like I mentioned, you're going to start making up for those deficits, whether it's a sleep deficit or you have now more anxiety or you have this, mm -hmm. you're going to try to self-medicate with all kinds of things. And I'm yes. not an alcohol. You can self-medicate with a lot of other things, all kinds of addictions that are not healthy. Uh, television. I'm going to throw that one out there television yeah. video games are an addiction to can be sure. can be an addiction to there anything that you can do to numb what you are going through right. it doesn't have to look bad that can be food that can be drinks of course that can be Definitely tv food. like i said games um cell phone games count too by the way it could be tiktok if it could be tiktok oh my gosh i've wasted so many <sighs> the number of people i know who are addicted to facebook and that is that is a, a rough one to be addicted to because it is Social nothing media. but showing you um, either other people's anger or um, a false sensation of how successful everybody you know is except for you because you're only uh, putting your best up there. We and if you're not only, oh yeah, and if you're not yeah. only putting your best up there, then you're putting probably anger. And then you apologize for it. You see people every once in a while. I'm sorry, I let that out. Like. Really? When is this just a look at me? I'm perfect show. But yeah. Yeah. So, you know, knowing what your addictions are and because we all have them, I'm sorry, there's, mm -hmm. there's nobody who doesn't have a numbing device. That's part of being human, but knowing what they are, knowing how you're using them and recognizing that can be a major step in um, getting out of getting out of that pattern. Um, I know we talked about in our eating disorders one, like, like I said, I've put on weight. It's obvious on camera. It's less obvious than it should be, quite frankly. Um, it's a lot. But that's because one of my go-tos, I have two, two modes when I get stressed with food. Eating everything. Or just eating to nothing. Cope, or eating nothing. Mm -hmm. um, and I've recently gone from one extreme to the other. And yep. here I am. Um, but knowing that that's a thing and understanding like, hey, I don't mind if I'm eating things I shouldn't be for enjoyment. That's not a problem. Mm -hmm. But I know I'm eating it to cope. Mm -hmm. Okay, I can only do that for so long. Yeah, I don't feel good. I can tell I don't feel good. So how long am I going to keep torturing myself, right? Yeah. Versus the little bit of struggle to get back into like, well, I am not eating sugars now for like exactly two days, you know, <laughs> but yes. I feel better. Like, does it suck a little bit? But yeah. the trade off is, is so much better, mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> Excuse me. So when, when you get to this point and you, you realize, uh, I would turn this around because your music is going to suffer from this They're yes gonna, because you're stressed about you're stressed out about it so so starting to cope with that and then look mm -hmm. the boundaries are where can i say no where does saying yes. no bring me more joy and more relief 
than more stress because there there is some of both of that. If you say no to a gig that you really didn't want to play, but like in my instance, I needed to do it and I'm glad I did it, but yeah. I want to, I'm thinking on principle, I can't, whatever. Okay, so, you know, you weigh your options and you think about, okay, where can I start enforcing my boundaries? Suddenly you don't yeah. feel stress to turn to these other things. Right. But you don't have to be a slave to your profession. You don't, you know, it, being a workaholic, you, you don't have to be. And you no. need good people to drag you out of that. So uh, yes. you're not going to make other friends that are not musicians if you don't go hang out where non-musicians are. Right. Dancing class or fencing right. class or pottery right. class or painting class or an archery mm -hmm. class or go horseback riding or something. Mm -hmm. I mean, do find something. Find something you like to do and you'll meet other people. And quite frankly, if you want to get people into what we do who are not into what we do, you being out there makes what we do relatable. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, the number of people when they find out that I'm a musician, the number of people in just a gym setting, when they find out that I'm a musician, they, they, they just kind of double take. They're like, you're what? <laughs> you know, because yeah. they expect musicians to be artsy all the time and like way out there and like peace yeah. it, you know. <laughs> and, you play and, what? Yeah. I know. And don't get me wrong. I know I'm out there and I'm fine with that. But like, you know. <laughs> But it makes the it makes the field more relatable to people who think that you have to be a certain level of highbrow and snooty, which is nuts. But like, because I mean, really, anyway, we'll leave that alone. But <laughs> um, it makes people you know, makes what you do more relatable. It gets you yeah. involved in things that you already care about. You get an outside perspective with people who are not going to put that kind of pressure on you. Yeah. And I'd say if you're going to develop a new hobby, which I would do if you don't have one, that is a date that goes in your planner, the same as a rehearsal. You do not, you do not, no, I'm busy from that time. Mm -hmm. No, that is not compromisable. That is not like, oh, well, it's just my, no. Same to yourself, not compromisable. You say no to other people, but you also say no. Well, I just need to answer these emails. No, no. You're saying it can wait. Right. It can wait. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, and it's it's been so tempting. I have exactly three windows a week to lift right now because it's that busy. And those have been compromised because it's gotten crazy, crazy busy like I talked about. But sure. it is so easy to go, man, I really need to make a quick grocery run. I'll just run up the street. No. No. You wouldn't skip out on a student. You wouldn't skip out on work. You wouldn't skip out on a rehearsal. You're not skipping out on this, you know, <laughs> it's easier for me to justify too, because it's like, well, this is part of what I do. Right? I need to have this experience in order to be able to teach it, but I would not compromise that even if that's not what I was doing, you know? Yeah. Oh my gosh, guys, leave a message in the comments on what is your hobby? What is your Please. thing? Please. Like, who flies drones? Who does model trains? Who does? What's your thing? Like, are you right. period sewing? I don't know. I mean, there's right. all kinds of them. Right. Are you a chef in your spare time? Uh-huh. Are you an event? Do you like to throw parties for other people? Are you into floor, like floristry? That's not a word, is it? Floral arranging. It is. Or <laughs> forestry. Yeah. Or hiking. I don't know. Boating. Right. What is a boat? Right. right. <laughs> What's your thing? Like, give yeah. us ideas, and then we can share those ideas. Yeah. Yeah. And yep, we'll find some new ones. I'm always on the hunt for a new hobby. You know, I've got a couple on my list that um, I'm like, 
man, if my schedule ever calms down, I'm going to try this. You know? <laughs> right. Right. But you heard what you just said. If your schedule calms down. Ooh. But right now I'm protecting what I care most about. Right. Right. Got, now is, right now I've got family. We're not time. talking about right now. I've got family time, including my, my, my little tribe of friends. I've got family time. And I've got me time. Okay. I'm that's all I can protect right now, but that's the stuff I'm not willing to compromise on. Good. <laughs> so do yourself a favor, do that. If you are doing that, let us know in the comments, let us know what you're doing. Yep. And Thanks, I think guys. that's what we got for today. Yeah. All right. Thanks for joining See us. We'll time. see you next time.